and welcome to Cruisin' for Irreviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I am joined by another mate from Melbourne, Ginger. Hello, I'm the friend. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you so much me. for joining me. No, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. Kind of doing it last minute because I missed an episode last week because I forgot to uh, record one. So you've uh, <laughs> really saved my ass by doing this one. But we got to do one that I've been desperate to do for a while and no one was putting their hand up for. So really? I'm very excited. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked this one stood out as long as it did. I would have thought this would have been high on the list. Yeah. Um, so the film that we've chosen is from 1992 and it is called A Few Good Men. It's directed by Rob Reiner, who other people might generally know him. Princess Bride is probably one of the first ones. When Harry Met Sally is another really famous one. That streak he had ending in A Few Good Men was... I was looking at that because I did not know this was a Rob Reiner film. I had no idea. And then I see that credit come up and I'm like, I'm, wait, what? And I'm like, when Harry Met Sally was my first thought. I, I had no idea that he was responsible. You're right. Like that run between Princess Bride and this is just like, bam, bam, bam. And then like nothing yeah. after, sadly, like nothing. Yeah, after that, Spinal just like, tap as well. movies like, for pensioners kind of thing. Yeah, like kind, kind of just like gave up. Just went, no, I'm done. I've done some of the most definitive movies of the late 80s and early 90s. Can run I'm on just going to uh, do role. some, yeah, nice and nice easy ones. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I think everyone who's ever watched a movie or ever read a list about movies knows this movie just from the famous line. Jack Nicholson says a line that everyone probably knows, that is, you can't handle the truth. It has been parodied in everything. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons is one of the, my favorite examples. <laughs> and yeah, it's like one of the, the best lines in movies. Like any list that goes over best lines in movie history, that's always going to be on there. Very iconic. But I mentioned a lot of people probably don't know what that scene is or the context or anything. They just know that image of him screaming that. So yeah, I definitely didn't. I didn't know the context. How, having seen it, just just quickly, uh, what were your first thoughts about the movie? I was really pleasantly surprised. I'm not usually one for like legal dramas and courtroom stuff. It's not really my bag, but this was fantastic. Like I was really sat back on how like the performances were incredible. Everyone was so tight. The script was unbelievable. I really, really and en- genuinely enjoyed this film. It just kept going. Like any dips that, you know, happened because they tried to, I know they very, very slightly tried to have a romantic element that just kind of went nowhere. I'm glad they kind of just abandoned that because <laughs> they got some very, weird moments like yeah that. i'm not i'm so glad apparently the ending was she asked him out on a date but that was the alternate ending that happily never happened because it was stupid yeah so i think what we'll do first is because or actually we should mention it is an aaron sorkin movie yes so he wrote the play initially and before the play even had its like premiere whatever you call the first the first run of the play uh he'd already sold the film rights so that's a man whose career took off very very fast and very yeah. very well so he wrote the script screenplay which was his first time writing a screenplay I think yeah, it just I can definitely see how it was a play but I think it adapted also very well yeah almost too well into a film like uh, you have to be for something as dry as a legal drama like a procedural yeah it was um very entertaining but my first thought was we should probably just quickly go through the characters the cast and the characters because oh, there's a we're lot gonna be of saying ca- a, lot a lot of, of names yeah <laughs> and it's a and so many ensemble big cast yeah, mm. it's wild. Let's see. Tom Cruise is obviously the main person. He is Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, and he is a lawyer for the Navy. He's basically doing his three years in the Navy so that, I don't know, that looks really good on your record. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe that was kind of what I took college. away. Like, yeah, you've you, you got to do it. It's part of the deal, and then you'll go get a cushy job somewhere. That was the, yeah. the vibe I got. Too many terms where I was just like, I don't understand, but 
That was a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> he just likes playing softball. Like, it's a very big thing. Baseball and softball, like, he's well known for just never going to the courtroom. He just gets plea deals. So... Yeah, big on the plea bargains. Yeah, great at being that kind of lawyer, but has never actually argued in a trial. Uh, the next character would be Demi Moore, who is Lieutenant Commander Joanne Galloway. Uh, she is Special Counsel for Internal Affairs. I don't know what that means. Um, there's a lot of terms in this movie. I'm like, what? But she is also a lawyer. It's, it's all very dense language. Like, it's... It's not really inviting in. It's just like, this all exists and you're like, oh, I guess that's how we talk now. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes, I I understand that. Thank you. (laughs) We have the legal researcher who helps both Kathy and Galloway. He's played by Kevin Pollack, who is Lieutenant Sam Weinberg, who is the very, very, very light comic relief, I guess. Yeah, he's very dry. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Like he's a comedian, like that's his what he's famous for. So and he's he's very good, even though his jokes are on the lighter side that jokes can possibly be. Yeah, very restrained. Yes, <laughs> uh, we have the most famous character apart from Tom Cruise in here. It is Jack Nicholson who plays Colonel Nathan Jessup. Uh, he is a colonel at Guantanamo Bay. Then we have uh, his executive officer is played by J T. Walsh, who is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Markinson. Next guy down is played by Kiefer Sutherland. His second lieutenant Ken. Uh, Kevin Bacon is Captain Jack Ross. He plays the prosecutor in this court case. Yep. So just quickly, his oh god, this movie has so much going on. There's all like even just talking about who's in the mix. I'm like, <laughs> just, we're yeah, gonna have to draw a diagram like, for like who's have, in yeah, charge. Like a big diagram with strings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The military chain of command is just like oh. it's nuts. And like all the I was trying to look. I'm like LTCOL, Lieutenant Colonel. I guess <laughs> yeah. Trying to work all that out. Oh my gracious. Yeah. No. No one fact checkers on our military terminology. <laughs> I know, I'm going to have like a knock on the door soon, like for butchering the green court. <laughs> Get ACO in. Just to correct you, just to fact check you, just be like, sorry, that's actually pronounced Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, so very quickly what the movie is about. Two, you know, smaller officers who are Marine Corps in Guantanamo Bay do what is essentially like, pr- like an official prank uh, yeah. to basically discipline another officer who is not doing his best. And they tie him up with some tape. They stuck a rag in his mouth and he actually succumbs really badly to it and ends up dying very, very quickly. And they are charged with murder. But their defense is it was a code red. We were actually ordered to do this. It was, you know, internal politics sort of managing someone who's not doing his job. The guy had written lots and lots of letters trying to be transferred off base and that he had some really interesting information about another officer who did the code red that he was going to reveal if he was allowed to be transferred. So that's where Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Kevin Pollack are going to be the defence. So that's the movie in a really quick nutshell. That's probably about as brief as you can get. There's so many moving parts in this. So much, yeah. Every time I tried to write a note, and I was like, just write the basics, and I kept writing and writing and writing. I'm like, God, God damn it, there's so much happening, which is a classic Sorkin. I was gonna say it's, it's like all, all like everything moving, but also just every line is so dense. Like everyone is speaking yeah. 700 sentences a minute, walking and talking is happening. It's all there. And I'm just yeah, I got the amount of times I because I watched it twice before we did this, so I could try and keep up, and I just kept rewinding. I'm like, I, I missed that, rewind, missed that. Oh God. Okay, well we'll go through the movie a little bit and. Uh, 
we'll see how we go time-wise, I guess. Because, yep. uh, yeah, there's a lot. So the movie opens and we actually see the Code Red happening and we don't see Santiago, who is the victim, dying. We just see them wrapping him up and smashing him around in his room and then it quickly cuts to the opening credits where Marines are doing really fancy gun exercises for a while. Yeah, that was kind of intense. Yeah, it's kind of intimidating. I'm like, I don't know, like, you're not shooting me, but I guess you could with all those, the way you're spitting those guns. Like, if you've got that much control of your gun without shooting it, then, yeah. Which I guess is what the point is, all the discipline and everything. So Galloway, which is Demi Moore, she is going to her, I guess her boss. I didn't actually write down who he was. Yeah, again, rec- chain of command. So basically, <laughs> no, too many people. Who, who outranks who? I have no idea. <laughs> Just whoever's meaner is the yeah, yeah, yeah. higher up. Yeah. That's how you get to be kind so, of by getting real gruff. <laughs> As we see, find out. So she goes to whoever this guy is and explains the situation that has happened with Santiago and how these two other privates are now basically being accused of murder and that they're going, she's like, at 1600 hours, they're going to be their court case, whatever's happening in Guantanamo Bay. However, I'd like them to kind of be brought to Washington so they can actually receive counsel. And because I believe it's a code red and her commanding officer's like, oh shit, that sounds bad. Okay, we're going to bring him up, but you don't get to be the lawyer because you're not really good at being a lawyer. So we'll find someone for it. So she's a bit disappointed, but she's also glad that these guys are going to get a fair trial kind of thing, especially if it is a code red. So we then meet Kathy, which is Tom Cruise. Uh, we establish his character as being like, this is peak late 80s, early 90s Tom Cruise, where he's just an obnoxious jerk. He's a jerk, yeah. Basically. That, that's yeah. what I was thinking like, watching. Like, <laughs> contextually, were they playing off the way that like everyone just sort of thought of Tom Cruise as this cocky playboy? I think so. Because he's just being that character right at the beginning. Like, I don't think he's actually chewing gum, but he looks like he's spiritually chewing gum all the time. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, So he's playing softball and he's just being really obnoxious about Like, he's trying to get a guy to catch some of the balls and trying to coach him, but just doing it somehow really obnoxiously. Yeah. And another, I guess, lawyer is angry at him for not coming to a meeting and is basically trying to work out a case they have together. And Kathy uses his magic of getting a really good plea bargain for his client yep. who got done with a what he thought was marijuana but was just uh, <laughs> a little bag of orig- oregano <laughs> but that, that that whole scene like where he's just sitting back with the bat and he's like the massive power play of that of just being like oh I didn't come I'm just going to pretend to ignore you and then casually demolish you with all of these things that I'm going to do legally speaking yeah. is such a Sorkin move like it's so extremely Sorkin it's amazing like a bit like Tom eats it up like between the two of them what a time yeah I know it's like Actually, Ben and I were talking, why haven't these guys worked together? Why haven't Sorkin and Tom Cruise done anything more? Because it almost seems like like uh, Tom Cruise could, can do Sorkin's dialogue so well yeah. that you're like, I'm surprised they didn't actually work together more. Maybe because Tom Cruise is the straight-laced dude that he is, maybe doesn't like the fact Aaron Sorkin is famous for drug addiction. <laughs> I was going to say the mountains yeah. of cocaine that go into every script. <laughs> yeah. So Kathy is assigned as lawyer. Uh, they don't really explain why, it just, it just happens. I was a bit unclear on that but I kind of came away thinking like they thought they were going to get a plea bargain and he's big on plea bargains that's what he was just so yeah that's what they kind of I think he later on the movie Kathy's like 
Ah, I've just worked out why they got me because they were hoping this would never see the inside of a courtroom. They just wanted to hush it up and get rid of it because uh, Colonel Jessup, which is Jack Nicholson's character, is very powerful and is about to move into a new role, which is very, very powerful. And if this is something that could probably ruin that. So, you yeah. know, boys, protecting boys kind of situation. Oh, yeah. Big boys. Good times. Uh, yeah. Weinberg is uh, assigned to be his counsel, basically do all the, help him do all the research. And Galloway is also going to be helping. So between the three of them, they now have to work out a plea deal or should, basically Galloway is like, no, we must take this to court. And Kathy's like, absolutely not over my dead body. So they're off to a really good start, really good uh, friendship yeah. starts there. They're, they're very strong. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't end this romantically, but there was a very strong, like, enemies to lovers setup going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Like he walks into her office just eating an apple as obnoxiously oh as he can. God. Actually, he eats the entire time in this that movie. Apple, I wanted him to punch that apple out of his mouth. That was such a rude thing to do. Like military stuff aside. Like, to yeah, wander just in going like into someone's office and just be like crunch, 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 crunch all the way through. Oh. And then he's like looking for a bin and then he's like wiping his hands and rubbing his hands really loudly yeah. because he's eating an apple really obnoxiously. And like, oh my God, what a jerk. I know at one point he sort of says to her, what's your jurisdiction here? And she's like i'm special counsel of internal affairs my jurisdiction is in your face i'm like yeah get him kill him yeah. <laughs> uh so demi moore is exceptional in this i think she, she's so good i was gonna say for a woman who's been in a lot of garbage films unfortunately like that's why she really wanted this role because her last mm. three films were flops uh yeah it's a shame because she's just a really good actress she did she was so good like really controlled in the face of tom cruise being that like playboy cocky thing she was just like really intense mm. and really like really studied i yeah I, I really liked her i thought she held the like held his gaze really well met him Super well. Kevin Pollock just casually sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there, just like smirking in between them all yeah. the time. Then we actually get to see, it's kind of like a flashback where we actually see a bit more about what happened in Guantanamo Bay. So we hear Santiago doing like a voiceover of his letter that he'd written. So apparently he'd written like 12 letters to various people or places within the military. Yeah, any, anyone that he could write to that might get him out basically. Yeah, end of his letter is that he, uh, someone in his squad illegally fired over the fence line. And I didn't actually know this, but Guantanamo Bay I don't know if it's like that now. I assume it probably is. So Americans there, like it's ho- it's very hostile. So there's at any time there could be a, like gunfire between Cuba yeah. and America. Like I had no idea. I just thought it was like an army base that yeah, which would make it make sense because you know Cuba and America have a very fraught relationship. Yeah, not not but, good mates. But I, I hadn't. No. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like that either. Like obviously. This is something that I thought of as soon as they mentioned Guantanamo Bay and talking about Gitmo, I'm like, oh, that that has rather changed its meaning. There's something a little bit different yes. in the, the way we think of Guantanamo Bay now. Yeah, definitely. So they, they go into a bit later, but basically his, the excuse was that his mirror, so it was Dawson, who was one of the guys accused of his murder, mm. basically thought his mirror or someone who is in the same position as him, but on Cuba's side, was going to shoot him, so we shot first. But if that wasn't the case, then it's very, very illegal and bad news to have done that. So if San Santiago revealed that, then it would be really bad news for Dawson. But internally, it basically, you ratted him out. Like, he should have dealt with that internally instead of using it as leverage to get out of... So, yeah, he says he's been really unwell. He's been fainting. Um, he can't keep up anymore. He's been ostracized and everything. And that's why overall he just really needs to get out. He fears because he fears for his safety. So then we see Colonel Jessup. He's meeting with Markison and Kendrick. So that is Kiefer Sutherland and JT Walsh. So Markison is just like a step below Jessup. 
and he is a superior officer to Kendrick, who Kendrick is like the um, commanding officer of the squad in question. And he's basically just chucks a big tantrum saying, what's this guy doing? What's he, who does he think he is? Saying all this stuff and making threats and everything. And Markinson's like, oh, we should probably like get him out of here once they realise what he's done. He's going to be in trouble. And he's like, no. Like He's like, make it so dramatic, like, we're going to transfer everyone. Let's just leave Cuba. Who, who even cares? And makes a big show of it. And it's like, no, we're going to discipline him ourselves. And he basically gives the code red to Kendrick there and then. He's like, you need to re-educate him and he needs to be better or I'm going to kill you. Like he actually yeah. says, like, yeah, I will literally kill you if he doesn't get better. So yeah, because it's a code red, it's nothing's official, but it's pretty obvious what he wanted yeah. in that exchange. Yeah, no no and one actually says, I would like you to commit a code red. It is very yeah. cryptic language, but it's clear what the meaning was. Yes. And I think you can see it between Markinson and Kendrick. Markinson's very like, this is this is not cool. This will not end well. Uh, yeah, and he's spoiler, like, it doesn't. Very <laughs> nervous. No, no. Funny that doesn't do that. It doesn't work yeah, at all. It'd be a short it'd be a short movie if it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knew that the thing that is banned, which is code reds, that ordering them might actually not end up really well for people. Yeah, it's a bad idea. So there's like a bit of a power play between Jessup and Markinson about why he won't transfer. Also, uh, Jessup has like a bit of a go at him. It's like, I know that you're jealous, even though we went through the training academy and everything together that I rank outrank you but also just don't be a bitch like that's <laughs> so yeah that's we so we get a little bit more clarity about what happened in Guantanamo Bay we then see our Galloway re-meets with Kathy as he's playing softball again just to re-establish that this boy loves softball yeah it's all about softball and, and that's all he's there for like all the lawyering's just for fun basically he keeps making jokes and being really silly and she's getting real shitty at him she's like oh, I'm gonna get someone else on this because you're not taking it seriously like he's like Santiago should I know that name she's like oh you bastards yeah he's pushing her buttons <laughs> real good uh, but then she gets him back by going through his entire history and also mentions about how he has a really really famous lawyer father who he is obviously struggling to live in the shadow of mm. and so he's kind of acts like a smarmy prick to make up for that I guess yeah I think there's a bit of uh, that or just because he's an entitled jerk yeah who knows so Kathy finally meets with the clients oh, what are their names again Dawson, Dawson. and mm. Dawson and Downey Downey that's right I remember thinking that because I'm like it's so confusing that the names are very similar Dawson just a little fun fact the actor who played him whose name I haven't got in front of me but he never had acted a day in his life really? he had actually been Rob Reiner's assistant on the set of Misery oh and for real yeah so Rob Reiner was trying to find someone struggling and he's like I just wish we could find someone like I think his name's Wolfgang actually which is such a cool name like we need to find someone like Wolfgang and he's like wait get in front of the camera we're going to see if you your work so yeah for someone who's never acted before in his life he not only like acted quite well he also looks so much like a Marine Corps guy he absolutely does he's got that big like triangular body Wolfgang Bodison yeah, is just... his name an amazing name so uh, he meets with his Kathy meets with his clients uh, gets them to explain what a code red is talk about the illegal shot over the fence line so he gets it's a recurring thing Kathy has no idea about military lingo so we actually gets them like if Weinberg's not there he gets other people to explain it to him because he has no idea which is great because it, that's something I can identify with it's, I'm like, yeah it's oh, good yes. for the audience 1600 is 4 o'clock yes I I do know that now. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to them because uh, that's when I think Galloway goes like, you know, your clients have been here for hours now and you're, the lawyer is just out here playing softball. Like, Yeah, they haven't seen their representation. Yeah. 
ridiculous. He uh, gets off on a really bad foot with them because he's obviously not a military man. And these two guys, like, and they're warned that these guys are fanatical about being Marines. Like, yeah. it's not just a job for them or a means to an end. Like, that's their lives, which I don't understand even for one second. No, <laughs> I can't even fathom. No, all, all Right at the beginning where they're talking about all of the, the running and the exercise and all the drills and stuff they have to do. I'm like, that sounds awful. Why would why would you choose that? I, I think if I did it for one day, actually, when they were, I watched an interview with Kevin Bacon about this film and he said, I couldn't even do that for a day. And so he, his character not only went through military training, he's also a lawyer. And it's like, I couldn't do either of one of those things for one day. And <laughs> there are people who do both, like, willingly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'd be like, run a kilometre. I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, Shoot I'll, me I'm getting, get, get me on the plane. I'm out. Uh, Kathy meets with Captain Ross. So we actually meet Ross, who is played by Kevin Bacon. Uh, they're actually friends in, in, not in real life, but like in the movie, they're actually friends, but they're now versus each other because they're representing the different sides. And this is one of the first, this is the first time that we see the Sorkin walking down a hallway, yes. talking quickly, yeah. which I don't know. I've seen a bunch of Sorkin things, but that's not a thing I'd, I'd heard, I've never heard about. I'd never actually picked up myself. West Wing was real bad for it. Yes, West Wing, It's pretty yeah. much exclusively West Wing. <laughs> just, just people walking down hallways, pretty talking, much. talking you, fast. If, if you're not standing in an office handing papers over a desk, you're walking down from one office to another handing papers <laughs> and talking on the way. Also, I've another thing I noticed, Kathy decides to touch every donut in a bowl. Oh, yeah, that pick one. And, <laughs> That's a definite and coronavirus. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then picks one, eats it wrong, and then doesn't like it and throws it in the bin. I'm like, oh, you just really don't want us to like you, hey? <laughs> I did wonder about that, whether that was like in the script or whether it was just a choice that Tom made in the middle of the scene. Because if it was a choice, yeah, it was yeah. a great choice. Yeah, just like an obnoxious dude who just eats constantly and doesn't really pay attention because he's too busy working out where he can get a new snack. Yeah. So when he meets with them, they're walking the when they're talking about the hallway, uh, Ross tells him that Kendrick actually specifically ordered the squad not to touch Santiago uh, because, you know, word had gotten out that someone was a bit of a dibber-dobber. And... Yeah, they were afraid that they were, people would try and take things into their own hands. So, yeah, there was a specific order not to touch Santiago, which doesn't bode well for the defence at all. Kathy and Weinberg, they've actually been ordered to go to Guantanamo Bay to ask some questions there. And they, yeah, talking about the case, a little joke about the oregano, about calming his nerves on a plane. Because yep, it's the first back. time a Tom Cruise character has ever not been into flying. Like, because oh. Tom Cruise loves flying these aeroplanes in real life. Co- yeah, right, it's yeah, really yeah. weird seeing Tom Cruise being like, oh, no, I hate flying. Yeah, so they go to Guantanamo Bay. Oh, that's when they agree. They're like, oh, we, we should wear our whites because it's so hot there. And he's like, yeah, okay, we'll wear those ugly whites. And then they immediately find out. That they yeah, they get told, no, so, yeah. that's a bad idea. You'll get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out if they see these people in white uniforms, they might be fancy. So you're going to get shot, you big bloody dickheads from DC. Yeah. So Guantanamo Bay. Uh, they meet Jessup, uh, who kind of is very dismissive of them at first. Uh, he t- gets them, gets Kendrick to take him around to have a look at a few things. Uh, they go to see Santiago's room. Um, they sort of note blood everywhere and everything. It's a proper crime scene. And one thing that Kathy makes like a real concerted thing to look at is inside his wardrobe is all his uniforms lined up nicely ironed like. Otherwise, apart from all the blood and the messed up bed, just looks like a normal kind of uh, soldier's room. Yeah. Galloway asks if Kendrick thinks that Santiago was murdered. So Kendrick is like the superior officer and he turns out he's a really, really religious man and mm. is kind of like, what happened was really sad, but also mm, he doesn't have a code. So what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? God God was cool with him dying basically because yeah, he didn't like, have, a, oh. have a code. Code code is a, a big thing. 
thing for these dudes. They kept saying code. Yeah, they're really fucking obsessed with their codes, hey? Um, like I said, don't understand it at all. Masculinity, man. My code is don't be mean to people and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good code. You don't, need, you don't yeah. need to talk about your code when that's the code. It's just like, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. So they have lunch with Jessup. You know, Kathy asks some questions about uh, the chain of events. He says Santiago was actually, they'd arranged for him to be transferred out and catch the next flight, which is 6am the next morning, but obviously he didn't make it because he was killed by accident. Galloway tries to ask some more questions and actually asks about Code Red, despite Kathy kind of wigging out. Yeah. So obviously Kathy's kind of disinterested in the whole thing and really pisses off. Oh, then he says, I missed it when I watched it a couple of nights ago and then I watched it this time and he makes really gross sexist comments. Yeah, that's so, another Sorkin yeah. thing. Unfortunately, there's a lot of like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Oh, oh. But they, oh, yeah, and like out and out gay slurs about, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say. I was, I was like, oh, look, no, I do remember that. But I, every time radiation like, oh. homophobia in there. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. Jessup stuff was like, that was supposed to be he's a jerk. I think that was a bit more over. Yes, that, was, that wasn't that was 1992, everyone's a big homophobe and the big sexist. That was, this guy is a big homophobe and a big sexist and he's the bad guy. So, yeah, not like our guy which who's is a only nice mildly homophobic. From- mildly sexist. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, progressive. So your gross sexist comments made us all sick. He actually also admits that he, while officially he does not endorse Code Reds, uh, unofficially he thinks they're a really great training mechanism to get people doing what they need to do and everything. He also acts like a real big jerk when Kathy asks for the order transfer papers and he's like sure I'll get you anything you want ask me nicely and he's like oh what and he's like you can stand there with your Harvard mouth and your gay slur your mm. white uniform and everything I'm like like it's not the uniform that they literally have to wear you big oh, I really yeah. took exception to that the, apart from that choice of words I did actually really like that scene because that to me like this is this movie is very just like everything about it is a power play everyone is fighting everyone for more power yeah the way that Kathy did that thing about, and just yeah. showing how much power they have like yeah by like i can talk to you in this way because i outrank you by so much but like i even even the way that like kathy's needling him and like trying to be really casual and just like oh just grab that that transfer paper like yeah. I, I read that as like him being very casual and then just being like oh here's this thing that i know you're gonna like it's gonna throw you off and it did like for a beat there jessup's just like hang on a sure yeah i can i'll get you that and i he's think like, but before you one up me i'm gonna one up you back exactly like he's like you've destabilized me in front of my men fuck you <laughs> i'm gonna be even more of a jerk and i'm gonna tell you that i eat breakfast across the road from 400 cubans or something like that which is oh yeah that's that, that's a good line because that comes back in a little bit yeah yeah so yeah i just it just feels like it'd be stressful just having to be that angry and <laughs> ready to jump down yeah. everyone's throats take up yoga or something mate yeah maybe i have that job if you're so stressed out about what people knowing how powerful oh. you are anyway so they get back home uh galloway rocks up at kathy's home and it's like uh so markinson's gone awol he's just gone missing like obviously that's suspicious because he's like just second in command to Jessup but there's not much that he can do they don't actually know how much he's involved yet so they kind of like okay we'll, we'll see what we can do about it oh she also reveals she's now Dawson's lawyer so because she felt like she wasn't able to she's not able to do much she's just like legal counsel that she had a chat to the aunt of Dawson oh uh, not Dawson is it Dawson no the other one Downey yeah uh, the the simple white guy yeah so she has managed to sweet talk her way into to becoming his lawyer so she's not breaking up the legal defense she just wants to be more involved which is good on her yeah like she found a way to get in there and you know kathy's appalled but yeah. shit. <laughs> that, was, that was 
I, that was why I liked it because he was like, no, I didn't want that. She's like, yeah, I did it, sucked in. Yeah, now you got to deal with it. Aunt, Aunt Jenny said I could. So this is a little thing I didn't quite understand. They go back to their clients and ask about this code red, but like they'd already talked about a code red, but I guess they'd haven't they hadn't talked about whether or not they'd actually been requested to do this thing because when yeah. they go back see their clients, they're like, yes, Kendrick asked us to do a code red on Santiago. Like I thought that was already understood from the beginning but I think I it was it kind wasn't. of I think it was kind of implied but I think they in that conversation someone said possibly uh, Kevin Pollock was like no they won't tell you anything unless you ask like you have to actually directly ask that question they won't volunteer that information ah. and that was when Kathy turned around and was like did Kendrick order the code red and they were like mm, yeah yeah he did so yes sir just yeah, oh, yeah sorry, there's like there hundreds there was, of sirs in this movie so too. many sirs <laughs> even Kathy was like Kathy was immediately furious at it and like I get that yeah as much as he was a jerk I did identify with him the whole time like can you all just calm down for five minutes oh, boys and their toys codes and sirs making themselves <laughs> even more important than calling me by my title and sir yes sir and no sir and three bags full mm. sir and so yeah he asked them uh kathy kind of wigs out about it even though so that's why i didn't understand like didn't you already realize that anyway they go marching to see ross who's playing basketball at the time and they're like did you know about this and uh galloway's like you i reckon you knew about it and ross is like i had no idea all i know is that kendrick's directly requested do not do anything to santiago but then the clients have said yeah but five minutes later he came to us and said no ignore what I said do a code red now Ross hears this and is like okay well what do you want to do uh, Galloway still wants to go to trial really really badly but Kathy obviously still does not does not and so they try and work out they start discussing like a plea deal of like six months uh, they go tell the clients that they've worked that out and Dawson's like no absolutely yeah, not no way like, I mean, we were ordered, like they were ordered to do something they did it and now they're going to be charged with murder like even though I don't understand it like it's ridiculous like it's more it's more code bullshit it's like I, I was ordered to do something. If I if I did the wrong thing, I'll take the punishment for it, but I won't pretend I wasn't ordered to do it. I'm like, I'm not sure that you being ordered to do it is the most important thing. A man is dead because of this. Like maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little bit empathetic towards them because what the, the situation then sucks, and they you know felt like they had to, to follow orders, but also a guy's dead. Like uh, my empathy is very 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 limited. Yeah. So they talk about how Markinson's disappeared, and Ross is like, you're never going to find him. He used to be like working intelligence, like. If that man wants to disappear, he's gone. Don't even worry about it. But Kathy's like, well, I'm going to subpoena anyway. I think he knows more than he's been letting on. Oh, that's right. Kathy is furious at his clients for not wanting to be to take the plea deal. And Dawson also, which is I, I kind of get as well, they will be dishonorably discharged because they've been done for murder mm. or whatever the charge ends up being. And like, then what, what are we? Like, all we wanted to be was Marines and then we'll be nothing. So I'd rather be in jail than not. So they separate them and try and talk them out of it, but they're both pretty like, no. We're gonna we want to go to trial and we want to make sure we uh you know get justice in whichever way we can. Basically, Kathy's like, ah, I'm out. I'm gonna try and find some new counsel because this this is fucking bullshit. I'm yeah. out. I'm gonna turn up tomorrow and ask the judge to let me out. Yeah, and Galloway's like, you're a coward, and he's like, don't even care. He's like, you're scared of your father's reputation. He's like, no, don't care. Yeah, I'm la, out. La, la, not listening. Bye. I'm gone. <laughs> Noisily eating another apple, probably. <laughs> uh... Playing softball. <laughs> <laughs> Wax a softball and runs away. <laughs> but Kathy has a big thing. It's a nice little tiny montage of him like thinking near a bridge, being like, what do I do? And obviously he decides he's got to have a little little bit of honour. And he, so the next morning when they, I don't know, I wrote arraignment. I don't know if that's the term, but basically it's where you watch your plea, enter your plea, whatever that is. Yeah. 
and he actually enters a plea of not guilty, which means he is staying on, which is all very nice. Uh, they make a plan, the three of them, Kathy, Weinberg and Galloway are like, all right, we're going to meet up 7pm every night and we're going to bloody do this, aren't we? And they do that. And then there's a, another really good montage of uh, them doing all the work, yes. which uh, is, is like, and then, uh, then we're pretending to be the defendants and then we're doing this and then we're writing on a big chalkboard. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Lo- yeah, sticking things up on whiteboards and yeah. <laughs> The full montage ever. Oh, I brought Chinese because obviously. Class. Yeah. Uh, and also briefly, uh, Weinberg kind of tries to get out of it, which I don't blame him. It's like an infant child that he probably wants to see. Yeah. Because they've now got two legal researchers on the team, but Kathy's kind of like, please stay, please. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'll stay for Chinese food, I guess. All right. So we're about to get to the first day of the case, but I think we're going to actually put a little pause there. Like I said, this film has a lot going on. Like it's a, it's a full two hour and two and a bit hour movie which is a long movie anyway however it's got five times the amount of words in it than an average movie would normally have especially a Tom Cruise movie so yeah we're now we're getting into the actual court case I think we will save that for episode two or part two and yeah we'll really get into that then so we'll leave it now Ginger would you mind telling us where we can find you online absolutely well you can follow me on Twitter Um, my handle there is GingerBFG or you can find my podcast I do a podcast called Key Change it's a kind of musical sociological thing uh, that's all at gingerbfg.com or on your preferred podcasting app. Wonderful. And just quickly for me, it's Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram, Tom Cruise Review, no S on Twitter, or my website, tomcruisereviews.com. We'll be back with part two heading into the courtroom scenes. We hope you'll join us then. Thank you. Adjourned. That's a legal thing. <laughs>